Our subject number three of the night is reservation fine dining etiquette. And this is just so funny to me because I've always watched that um, Hell's Kitchen. And in the beginning, when I first heard of Chef Gordon Ramsay, I thought, oh man, I don't want to... Be. Well, actually, I saw the, the, the preview, the trailer, when, it, when the first season, first episode was coming out. And I thought, man, this is stupid. I don't want to see some guy yelling and screaming and throwing a temper tantrum like a little kid. But after season four, I think I kind of got really hooked into it. So I think season one, season two, and season three I didn't watch. But um, now I just finished watching season 19. Uh, I had it on the DVR, so I finally watched it. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, you know, I see how it's working now. And But anyways, in between these um, seasons... Uh, Chef Gordon Ramsay started doing some more programs. Um, one was called Hotel Hell, where he um, where he goes to like hotels that are supposedly you know like very posh, very top of the line, but turns out they have bed bugs and you know black mold growing inside the walls and stuff like that. And he helps renovate that, but he also teaches the um, the owners of the establishment, how to communicate, how to work together, how to keep it going, and all kinds of interesting stuff like that. So I was learning all that before I even came out to Clagato. So once I got the Clagato Veterans established with the nonprofit, I'm like, oh man, we could definitely do something like that. So that's the direction I'm basically going with this uh, Clagato Veteran podcast. I mean, uh, nonprofit. And then there was some other shows like Hell's Kitchen. Okay, so there's Hell's Kitchen, Master Chef. There was Master Chef Junior with these little kids. There was also Hotel Hell, and um, uh, Twenty Four Hours to Hell and Back, where he has where he has twenty four hours to fix up um, a failing restaurant establishment, and you know gets to the core of what the problem is. Sometimes it's the owners, sometimes it's the employees, but sometimes, you know, some, some people have to be let go. Other times, you know, it's, um, once the renovation is done and the owner will go back to the way things were because they're more familiar with it. And then the sales start to decline again. And sometimes the shift just takes off. So with all that in mind, one day I just had another thought. Of like, man, it would be great to have a Navajo Nation um, fine dining experience. Because of the way I saw Navajos eating over at the uh, Golden Corral in Gallup. Where they would leave like, they'd get all this food and they wouldn't even finish it. And that's what would really upset me about going to Golden Corral. Because I didn't want to see that. But, you know, uh, Mama wants to go there and eat. And so we got to go with what Mama has wants, you know. Um, uh, a full mama is a happy mama. <laughs> Anyways, so um, I thought of like, well, if there's a chance that the Navajo Nation could have a a fine dining restaurant, how would it be? You know, would there be like Navajo waiters with like little bow ties and tuxedos walking around and saying, you know, or let's see, 
especially at night in the evening, you know, where they'd be like, you know, would you like to check our menu? You know, would you like to see what we have? And would you like to know the soup, uh, soup, <laughs> soup du jour, you know, soup of the day? Um, is there anything that you would like us to add, you know, or even like having a uh, fine dining candles there and, um, there's also the atmosphere, how, how it looks, you know, and this is all coming off of, uh, that chef Gordon Ramsay. So I was like, man, that'd be awesome to like, let's say window rock. Let's say where the flea market is. If someone had bought that property and put, um, put a building there, a two story building where you first come in and the bottom floor is, you know, it's like a restaurant, but then there's also a second floor where that's more like where business people would hang out or little local celebrities or whatnot. And it would be more exclusive and all that. And it's like, well, Navajos for the most part <laughs> are not known for fine dining. We're just known more for survival and, um, how to get, how to do butcher, butchering like a sheep properly. And even then, uh, I've heard of a restaurant over in uh, New York, the state of New York, New York City, uh, for a bowl of mutton is like, what, $28? And fry bread is 18 or $19. And, and that's considered Navajo, um, that's considered Navajo cuisine to those people out there who have never, probably never really visited the reservation, but... Um, for the most part, what I heard was Greek, Greek people or Greek descent people. And they love to eat that because, you know, they also eat, uh, sheep and goat meat and all that stuff. So that's kind of more of a delicacy to them. So that's how that restaurant keeps its business. And, um, and to do that over here, nobody's going to eat it. You know, these Navajos are going to be like, that's too expensive. You know, I'm not going to eat here. And then they're going to start telling everybody, oh, don't eat over there. They think they're better than everybody. But anyways, and then another thought that led to this idea of having um, fine dining etiquette is uh, when <laughs> this is going into the um, the British realm, but or the English realm, yeah. When Prince Harry, no, Prince Charles, uh, the Prince Harry, oh, Prince William. There we go. When Prince William married that um, that commoner, as they call her, you know, Kate Middleton. During that time, I I, st I stayed up and I watched that. Um, I kind of got up early. Uh, I think uh, I was I was babysitting. A little kid was up, so and I, I just checked it out. And I was like, oh well, you know, I may never get a chance to watch something like this again. Let's just see how they do it. And after all that was done the wedding ceremony and all that stuff then i started you know i went online and i just kind of checked out like some of the stuff they were doing and they were talking about and the highlights and and one of the things i saw was like the chef uh someone did a little documentary on those um not the chef the the um i don't know let's say waiter butlers the servants there we go and there is actual there's an actual like class a course university for that and I was like, man, that'd be awesome to be like the first Navo to go over there just to, um, just to learn how to set a table, just to learn how to properly hold, 
you know, a platter full of, you know, fine dining food, how to put it down in front of the royals and, you know, get everything situated and in order. And even before they even showed up, you know, you'd have to be that person to organize like the, how the table setting is going to be, where the flowers are going to go, where the, you know, the, the, the candelabras or whatever the hell it is they, they put on their, their table and to give that presentation, you know. And I thought, man, that'd be a, that'd be a trip to do that. And, you know, they, um, taking that class and they're asking me questions and I'm like speaking in my res voice and these guys are all proper in English. So at that point I was thinking to myself, what would they say? Would they say, speak like us? Uh, that's the, that's what would help the, your, your service a lot better or, keep your crazy American Indian accent and, you know, just serve and don't say shit. <laughs> hey, either way, man, let's, let's rock this shit. You know, I'll be like, so that's where I kind of thought of, you know, wow, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be interesting. I thought, you know, it, maybe it would be like, since I went through the military, I was thinking maybe it would be more like a boot camp or not boot camp, basic training, just going through that whole process all over again. And, and the drill instructor would be like really proper, really knowledgeable on how, you know, when you put, set down a, um, a course, uh, I don't know, like a, like a dish or whatever the hell it is they do, how to like step back properly. And then maybe, um, maybe you got your, your dish rag ready in case, you know, in case like someone chokes on like a piece of meat would it be proper for you to go over there and kind of tap them on the back or, you know, pick them up and give them the Heimlich? You know, that's that's like a whole nother crazy interesting thing that I want to learn and know about. I'll, I'll probably look it up on YouTube when I get around to it. But so putting all those things, elements together, that's where I came up with this idea of the, you know, having a, what would it be like basically to have a, Navajo fine dining etiquette experience, you know, who would be seen over there? Who would be going over there constantly? You know, it, it more than likely it would be the, um, elected officials because all the money they steal. So they're over there leaving. Well, from what I know, they don't really leave tips. So, which is kind of sad. And so, but it would be, I would say it would have to be mandatory if you're going to eat at this fine dining restaurant that you must leave a tip because, um, excuse me, because that's just how the whole thing works, you know, and that's where, you know, just kind of looking at some of these Navajos that are walking, walking along the highway, hitchhiking, the way they're dressed. And a lot of them go for that cowboy look and, to have one of those guys so desperate that he comes up to the restaurant and says, I want a job, you know, I'm tired of hitchhiking into Gallup to find a job, get a job, donate blood or whatever the hell they, they, they go to town for. And, um, you know, to have this person come in and then you're like, all right, well, what are your qualifications? I can stand around all day. All right, well, <laughs> that'll, that'll work, you know. Here, you know, here's a... Uh, um, let, let's, let's take your measurements and see what you can, what, what size you, you wear. We'll get your uniform ready. And, you know, you are responsible for dry cleaning and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, 
just seeing the guy that you saw hitchhiking earlier looking like a cowboy, he's now coming into the restaurant taking off his his cowboy gear and he's all, you know, sweaty and dirty or whatever. Maybe even have a shower ready for these guys, but and they change their clothes, come back out with like um um you know, buttoned up um shirts and with like little bow ties. And then also not only that, but to have a maitre d <laughs> a Navajo maitre d having people come on in and have them sit down. But you know, I really wouldn't want to discourage anyone, but it would be really awesome to see an old Che and an old Must son come in together and they're all decked out in their turquoise and silver and their in their nice clothes. Maybe even, you know, escorted by their grandkids or something. But just to kind of have that little bit of elevation in our lives rather than always looking at um, like the burrito lady coming over to the clinic and, you know, give her your three bucks and you can get your your burrito, you know. So it, it would just, I just kind of thought maybe it might help the social structure to have that. But then again, just like any other race, you know, there's going to be that group that's going to be looking at that restaurant like, oh, that's only for those um, snooty Navajos that think they're better than everybody. And it's like, why does it always have to come down to being better than somebody else? Can't you just let people just eat there and just go about your business, go back to McDonald's or KFC or the burrito lady? Not that I'm dissing the burrito lady. That burrito lady, she's she's awesome. She's one of a kind. And... um so those were just kind of like the the ideas of how how would it be if we had um, fine dining <laughs> Navajo Nation fine dining maybe it could be like something that could um, spread to like the next community or across the res where that that chain of fancy restaurants kind of expands and and you know Navajos are now looking at themselves like. Oh man, I'm so sick and tired of looking like a trashy bum. I want to go out there and I just want to enjoy myself. I just want to know what it's like to drink from like a real fancy glass uh, or even just to have food delivered to you um, fresh off the grill. And, you know, they take that little lid off. So you're like, oh man, that's so awesome. And you know, the mutton stew is like really prepared in a fancy way, but it still tastes the same. You know, it still has its nice little flavor unless you want to change it up or whatever. But those were like the the ideas that it would be pretty interesting to kind of um, figure out how this would work out. Because, you know, it's time to kind of start thinking outside the box of, oh, let's just make some Navajo tacos and serve them on a... Um, styrofoam plate not that there's anything wrong with it it's just that you know just it's been done so many times it's kind of lost its its luster um you can definitely make fun of it but at the same time it's just best to kind of have a little bit of different different scenery something nice something that um that the tribe can be proud of Rather than always looking at, oh, the kids are our future, but, you know, once they get to 13 and 12, or once they become teenagers, all oh, the hell with them, we'll just take money away from them, and we won't hire them unless they do us sexual favors when they're 18, 19, and 
we'll have them become, you know, our little, our little, um, I don't want to say robots, but what was those little things called? Our little clones coming in and, and doing what we want them to. Oh, slaves. There we go. Slaves. So that's how I've kind of just kind of broken all that down. And, and like I said, I, I wanted to talk about that for so long. Now I'm finally getting a chance. So that's um, going to pretty much be it for for tonight as far as that goes. But it's um, it would be interesting to hear Navajo Pedro's take on it and to hear what he had to say. I think he worked in the uh, restaurant industry before. I don't know if he was like a busboy or I don't know. <laughs> I really can't see him as a, as a maitre d' with a... Um, with his little um, uh, bolo tie, not bolo tie, bow tie, and you know, just kind of escorting people to their tables and you know, kissing ladies on the hands and whatnot. So, but anyways, so we'll go ahead and end that right there and jump on to our next subject again. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 